Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Um, Noemi Perez. I'm Alejandro Villegas. So the past year has been kind of like zero to a hundred with our walk with God. We're discovering just who he is, what he does in our lives. And I can honestly say that we are seeing it in our marriage and our family. Yeah. I mean, especially this last year, you know, the walk with God has been amazing. You get to know God in, in this, you know, hard times and it's just you really know that he's with you. So our business is a mechanic repair. Got an opportunity to to purchase a place where we where we open up the business and uh, uh, you know went ahead with it without knowing anything about finances, a business, taxes, you know, all that all that stuff that comes with the business, not just opening up and yeah. And, it was a very big leap of faith, no experience. We went at it not prepared and it was just very, very hard, but we're, we made it through and, you know, we give all the, all the praise and all the glory to God because it was not anything that we did on our own. You know, it's just, it, the struggle was it's just getting this started, getting your clients to know you. Uh, you know, there have been some times that you open up your business, you open up your doors one day and there's nothing, no clients, no work and just find yourself, you know, looking out the window and saying, you know, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Um, everything comes to your mind. You know, you, you start looking busy because you're not busy. You just look busy. <laughs> and. Uh, that's part of the struggle. It's something we weren't prepared for. Nobody prepares you for that when you're opening a business. You just see the results, you know, you see the baby, but you don't see the, the labor. And um, so that, to me, it was kind of hard to stand from the sidelines and like, what do you do, you know, just cheer him up, but. Yeah, um, you know, I've always believed that God was, was there with us. You know, I always believe that there's a reason that you're at where you're at. And if I wasn't grateful for what I had then, what, how can I be grateful for what's come? And it's hard to understand that. It's very hard to understand. I always believe that he, he puts me in the right place with the right people. Doing what you're doing so far is going to take you to where you're at right now or worse, right? You can't. You can't, it's not gonna get better on its own. Surrendering anything to God removes your accountability from it. And not in the negative way, I mean like, he does everything for us, like about, he, he fights the battles for us. So if you surrender anything, your finances to him, then he's gonna show you how to fix the problem that you currently have. It's gonna remove the stress and the fear so that you could see clearly what the situation is and you could then work towards it. The, the answer's in front of us, but if we don't give it to God, then we're just, we're working uh, with a blindfold on to a situation that he already took care of it. He already fixed it. Like he brought you here and he's gonna see you through it, but you have to give it to him so that he could activate his grace upon it. And it's difficult because we're, you know, in our nature, we wanna hold on to it. And we're like, no, I, this is my thing. I need to fix it, but we don't. We need to give it to him for, us, for him to show us the next step. And when we see the next step, it's gonna make sense why we had to give it to him. You know, put everything on his hands, on the Lord's hands and let him guide you to where wherever he wants your life to be and you'll be you'll be successful in whatever you do
Come on, isn't that awesome just uh, in the middle of craziness to see what God can do uh, in every single circumstance? We trust in God. Come on, this morning, can you say that with me? In God, I trust. In God, I trust. We are in this uh, incredible series, you know, this month talking about trusting God specifically when it comes to our finances. And I just want to say that uh, honestly, can you make some noise for yourselves? You're investing in yourselves. Like you showing up here today, is, is you're telling yourself, like, I want to grow. There's some things in my heart and my life, and I just want to be better. Uh, I want to grow in my spiritual life and my soul peace. Whatever it is that you're going through, you're taking the right steps uh, to, to just focus on God and trust in God in every single area. So I'm so glad that you made it to church today. Someone glad you made it uh, today to church. Uh, hey, um, let's jump right in this, you know, because we have been on this series, right, talking about finances. Uh, we, we talked about the importance of living our lives debt-free. Can someone say being debt-free? Can you imagine just not having monthly payments? How beautiful that would look like in your life. And, and, and I hope that you can catch that picture, you can catch that vision in your life that that is possible. That is possible. If you missed uh, you know, any of the weeks, you can go to our YouTube channel or podcast and just uh, listen to it. We're, we're reviewing some key principles about finances. Uh, and, and I believe that as we apply these principles specifically in our finances, your life is going to be so much better and beautiful. So week one, you know, living a de debt-free life, uh, you have homework if you haven't done it. Uh, do the uh, snowball debt, Google snowball debt, uh, and it's pretty much listing your debts from smallest to largest. You go and tackle the smallest, you go at it, and you create momentum and pay every single one of those off. Week two, Beatrice uh, shared with us about stewarding. Can someone say stewarding? Stewarding what God has given you, again, in every single area, but talking about finances. So in other words, being a good steward also means to budget. Uh, so uh, that's important for us. Everydollar.com is a great resource, right, for you to budget. You need to tell your money where instead of your uh, money where it needs to go. You tell them. You're the boss. You know, you work for it. <laughs> so that's really, really uh, awesome as well. And, and the reason why all of these things are so important is because we live stress financially. We live stress you know, every single month you get your paycheck and, and you almost don't see it because it kind of lands on your bank account and then, you know, it all goes to paying stuff and it's like, where did that go? Like, I worked for it, you know, and, and you live stressed and, and you know, 77% of Americans live with debt. So it's super important. You know, even as we're singing that song, it's just, it just reminds me like, yes, it is about us and our, our peace, right? It is about us living debt-free lives and, and just financially freedom, uh, but, but also for your next generations. You know, a couple of weeks ago uh, in the Connect groups, as we were talking, and there was this one young guy, and, and he was like, oh, you know, I have two cars. They're all paid off. I don't have credit. And it's like telling all these seven, I was like, dude, like, and he's young, you know? And, and we asked him, like, someone asked him in the Connect, like, how? Like, how did you do that? And he was like, well, my dad always always taught me this. You know, like my dad always uh, lived his life in this way. So don't minimize as you apply these principles. They're going to benefit you, but they're also going to benefit your future generations. So come on, this is so important for us to trust him, especially with our money, especially with our money. Come on, can we say it one more time? In God, we trust. In God, we trust. In God, we trust. And uh, today's message, I titled it, There is No Good Substitute. Come on, can you tell your neighbor, there's no good substitute. There's no good substitute. Um, you know, many of you know uh, I love food, and if you don't know, there's one thing you need to know about me. I love food. Uh, I love food. Food loves me. We have a thing going on. 
Uh, and for the past couple of years, um, you know, my metabolism has changed, you know, so uh, we're, we're trying to do this keto things. We've done it, you know, good for a couple of years now, and, and keto's good because, I don't know, healthy things, man, they're just hard to enjoy, you know, like broccoli, I mean, you have to put a lot of butter and cheese, you know, and it's not healthy, you know, uh, like, like it, it's hard, you know, but when we first started uh, doing keto, uh, you know, you, 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 you get on your mind, you know, like I need to be healthy. Uh, I'm sowing seeds into your life because New Year's coming and we're all going to do this thing together, okay? We're going to be healthy together uh, in every single area. But, but you know, you, you know I, I'm going to get healthy. I need to start eating better, all of these things. And, and you get on that mindset and it's, it's for me and I'm going to make it a lifestyle and you know, working out, and, you know, you go on those modes, right? I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, so we're on these modes, of we're going to do this keto thing, and, you know, you prepare mentally, emotionally, you know, you start praying, God, give me the strength, you know, to survive and, and do it for more than just one week, you know. Uh, so anyhow, we're doing this thing, and, 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 and I go grocery shopping. I love grocery shopping. I, I go through every single aisle of the grocery store, even though I don't need, like, I just... Come on, it's, it's a thing, you know? So, uh, and I remember when we were first uh, started doing this thing, and even recently, you know, I go and keto, you know, I'm like, keto, now you start seeing keto stuff, right? So, I'm going to eat healthy, and I'm in this mindset, it's going to be for my good, and then I see some keto pancakes, and I'm like, Jesus, you are a true, real God, you know? Like, I can eat pancakes, and they're healthy, like got that, you know, came through the aisles, and it's like keto bread. I'm like, what? Bread with no carbs? Like, Jesus, like, are you coming soon? Like, what's the deal here? Get that, you know, continue looking, and tortillas, like, not corn, like, keto flour tortilla, like, Jesus, like, just feel the Holy Spirit there, you know, and get some of that, and, uh, you know, my wife, she loves sweet stuff, and that's why she married me, uh, <laughs> um, you know, then, she, you know, it's like keto brownies, like, what, brownies, keto, like, you can eat all this stuff, like, and it's healthy, we get some of that, the ice cream, uh, I'm a potato guy, you know, so then it's like keto mashed potatoes, I'm like, mm. I don't know about that, you know, like, is that really, like, God, what's up with this? You know, anyhow, let's try it. You know, we're, we're doing this thing, and, and you know, I'm all excited, right? And that happens every single year that we get into keto. I get all excited. I get all hyped up because there's good substitutes. Come on, someone say with me, substitutes. Get all pumped, you know, because there's substitutes for my life, and they're healthy, and they're good for me. And, like, you can't, you can't beat substitute tortillas, brownies, pancakes, mashed potatoes. It's like, you know, chicken strip, everything, ice cream, you know, ice cream. What? So, anyhow, it typically, typically goes down this way. And we do this every single year, uh, maybe two times a year or three, depending on how <laughs> consistent we are with our diets. But it, it never fails. We always go through this. We get some stuff. We get to the house, and you're all pumped because there's a good substitute, and you're eating healthy. So, you know, go with the pancakes, right, and do the mix. And it's easy. You just, you know, put water, not even milk, like water, man. You know, you're eating healthy, okay? And you just ground, you put them, in. and then you, you're excited there, right, because you're taking care of yourself, you know, and you post about a keto lifestyle, what's up, you know, and... And you you go with the fork and, like, something's weird, you know? Like, that cut looked kind of weird, you know? What's up with that? And you bring it in, and it's like, it's like grainy. Like, what? Like, the taste is off. The texture's off. The flavor is, it's just like, what is this? this, you know, like, like, okay, let's just, okay, let's just eat it, endure this pain, and let's, you know, another day comes, and you're all pumped, okay, I'm going to do a 
keto quesadilla, you know, with the, with the keto tortillas, and you're all pumped because you're taking care of yourself, and there's substitute tortillas. You put it on the pan, and it's all great and good, and then you take that first bite, and it's like, like the, the texture's off, you know, it's like the flavor is weird, like, man, like, who's inventing these things, like, you need some chubby people, like, in the kitchen with them, you know, like, and it's just off, it doesn't taste good, you know, it's, it's weird, and it's like, disappointed because it's expensive too, you know, it's just like, yeah, we'll just eat that, <laughs> so, okay, let's just have dessert, you know, like, some keto brownies, and you're like, now you're like, Oh, God, what is this going what's going to happen here, you know? And the same thing happens. You taste it, and it's just off, you know? It's, like, weird, and the ice cream, the texture is weird. The, like, the mashed potatoes, cauliflower mashed potatoes, like, oh, man, rice, cauliflower, like, yeah, it's good for you, but, but can I be honest this morning? There's just no good substitute. Like, there's, come on, can you say that with me? There is no good substitute. Even if you're into health and all that, you cannot argue this with me. Like, there's no good substitute. The real thing tastes good. The texture's good. The flavor is good. Like, come on, the real thing is a good thing, you know? It's the good thing. And, 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 and it's just crazy. Tell me, right, how, how, how even you can try to play tricks with your mind and try to convince yourself, no, this is good, this is good. And, you know, you try to endure to the pain, through the pain of eating substitute stuff. And, and, and it's like, I'm going to make this a lifestyle. But the, the, the flavor is like, it's just not, it's just not the real thing. Can I, can I encourage you this morning? When it comes to God, there's no substitute with God. There's no substitute God. God is the real thing. Our God, he is the real deal. There's no substitute God. There's just not. There's no good substitute God. And when it comes to our lives and trusting in God. Come on, trust. We trust in God. Can you say it with me? In God we trust. In God we trust. When it comes to trusting God, my question this morning, in what God are we trusting? In what God are we trusting? Because our God is the real God and there's no good substitute God. So what God are you trusting today? What God have you placed in your mind? Have you played tricks and said, this is my God? Come on, can we just try to uh, open up our minds, our perspectives, and go on this ride and journey with me? What gods have we created? So what is a God? What do we view as a God? It is the creator. It is a ruler. It is the source of our morals, our principles. It is what you worship. It is what you admire. It is what you follow. It is what brings you security and comfort. What God have you created in your life? What do you worship? What do you admire? What do you follow? What brings security? What brings comfort? What is the source of your morals and principles? In other words, what is your God? Could it be that dating becomes a God? We make a God out of dating if you don't believe that this morning, talk to someone single today. Just talk to someone single. Within the first five minutes of having a good conversation, they'll go into, my clock's ticking, do you know someone, you know, like, you know, posting a whole lot of pictures on Instagram, like, you know, single for Jesus, you know, like, like make God out of singleness, out of dating, sorry. 
You make a God out of dating like you desperately want to date. And, and I'm not saying dating, dating is bad. Like, I'm married. Like, come on, you know? Like, dating is good and it has a good purpose. But for some of you single people, it becomes a God. That's all you think about. That's all you sleep, drink, podcast, books. Like, and all of that's good. But have you made a God out of dating? So whenever you're single, your God is failing you and you're miserable. You're dying. You feel so alone. Even you're surrounded by people. Come on, could it be that dating can become a God? What, what habits do we have that become a God? Maybe for some it's procrastinating. And that's just a part of who you are. That's how you live. That's all you've seen. And it's just... It becomes your God. That's all you, you are. You think it's the source of your morals and principles. Like, it is your God. For some of you, you're workaholics. Come on, all the workaholics say, yeah, because we're proud of it, you know. <laughs> becomes our God. You pride yourself that you just kill yourself and you work all day. doesn't matter who is around you, what happens with your family. Like, like, it's your God. What, what about drinking or doing drugs, what things, what habits do we make a God? You know, I'm trying to break this in my life, but man, eating and food for me, that's a, you know, that's my idol, that's my God right there, and you know, I'm working through substitute things that are not working to break that off of my life because it has so much power over me, and I've made a God of food. I eat and it gives me chills, man. I feel the Holy Spirit, you know. I went to some tacos the other day with Corey, and I cried eating one taco. Like, you just, you know, you're like, God, this is your creation, you know. And what things do we make a God? Have you made being successful a God? Have you made having a status, a reputation, certain amount of influence a God? Have you made your career or your career path a God, school, business? Come on, what have you made your God? And I'm not saying here, oh, you guys are crazy. You guys are worshiping other God. No, but let's go deep because it's important for us to know what God do we place in our life that's not the one true God. When it comes to finances, if I'm quite honest, a whole lot of us, we make finances our God. We make it the source of our morals, principles. We, we literally surround our whole lives around finances. What you do, your career, your path, your choices, everything comes from finances. Your stability, your security, your mental health, your emotional health, your relationship with God. Come on. You get a check in the mail out of nowhere, and you're like, God, I love you so much. You're everything to me. And then you just kind of like forget about him, you know, like for a long time. Like we make finances so much of a God. It dictates how we feel. It gives us security, comfort. And whenever we don't have that God, we don't have that security and comfort. And what God do we have in our lives? What God have we made, have we made in our lives? Can I just tell you that whatever God we have made, out of dating, relationship, status, career, success, business, whatever God we have made, can I just be incredibly honest with you? There's no good substitute God. There's no good substitute God. You taste it, and it's just not right. There's the texture missing. There's the flavor missing. You can have everything. But there's, just, there's just something missing. The fulfillment is missing. The purpose, the clarity, the vision, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the joy of the Lord that it is your strength. Everything. There's just something missing. 
Come on, we've all lived a little and we have seen it in our lives whenever we do have those gods. You're dating and you want to get out of that relationship as soon as you got in. The success, the position, the raise, the promotion, almost immediately, almost immediately, you get it and a week, days later, you're like, ah, there's something just not right. Fulfillment, the contentment. There's no substitute God. Whatever God you made, consciously or subconsciously, there's no good substitute God. There's no good substitute God out of anything that we've placed as a God in our lives. Can I encourage you today to realize that there's only one true God. There's only one true good God. And this God is a sovereign God. This God is a powerful God. This God is an omnipresent, is all-knowing God. Creation flows through him. He literally spoke the world and the universe and you and I, his creation through existence just by his words. This God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-great. This God is three in one and it is God fully the Father, God fully the Son, and God fully the Holy Spirit. This God is beyond what you and I can ever know how to comprehend or understand. We can live our whole lives trying to discover, to understand who this God is, and you will never get tired of it. You can read the Bible over and over and over again, and it will speak to you in many different ways. Come on, this God is a father. This God is a provider. This God is a friend. This God is a savior. This God is a companion. This God is whatever you need in time of need. This God is close to the brokenhearted. This God is a magnificent, all-powerful, knowing God. This God brings you peace. This God brings you joy. This God brings you love. This God brings you contentment. This God brings you righteousness and holiness and purpose and vision and passion and clarity. Come on, there is nothing in this entire world that can substitute this God. There's nothing. There's nothing in this entire world that can substitute the one true God. There's nothing that can ever bring fulfillment to your life, even in the midst of adversity and craziness and circumstances. There's nothing that would bring contentment to your life than having a relationship with this God. Because this God sees you and he knows you and he understands you better than you understand yourself. So this God comes to you with a whisper when you need a whisper. This God comes to you with a desert when you need a desert. This God knows you too well that sometimes he brings adversities to your life because he knows you. He knows how stubborn you and I are. He knows that sometimes you and I lit a little kick. He knows you too well. He knows you that you and I love our comfort zone. This God is all-knowing, all-present. This God knows exactly what you need when you need it. This God is there for you. Come on, there's no substitute. There is no religion that can substitute this God. There is no church that can substitute this God. There is no denomination that can substitute this God. There is no set of rules. There is nothing that can substitute this God. There's no success. There's no amount of money in the bank. There's not the relationship. There's nothing, no job, no business, no security. There's nothing that can substitute this God. There's no status, financial position, recognition, influence. There's nothing that can substitute your God. 
this God promises that, that, that he will turn everything, all your pain, all your depression, all your anxiety, all everything, he turns it for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. This God sees you and he understands you and he gets you and he knows the plan and the purpose that he has for you. Even though sometimes you and I think we know the purpose. Even though you and I think that we know the plan. This God, the God that there's no substitute for him. There's no substitute for him. He knows the plan for your life. So whenever you and I find ourselves wondering, because we do, Wondering what's next, wondering how to fix something, wondering when we find ourselves just wondering in life and we stray away from the God that knows. He's just right, right there saying, hey, I'm here. I know the plan. I know the purpose. And it is, it's more about our heart and our trust and our, our view of him as God that he really wants for him to unlock everything that he wants to unlock for you. This God calls you friend, calls you son, calls you daughter. This God is proud of you. Even in your craziest mistakes, in your crazy mess, he looks at you. He loves you. He is passionate for you. He wants to give you purpose and significance for your life. That you could see that your life is more than all the other gods you've created. That, that this God is more than your eight to five. That this God's more than the success, business, financial. He's more. He's more. He wants to give you a path for more and, and not material, but where it matters the most. Your life, your soul, your peace, your joy, your love, your legacy. How are you going to be known? He cares more about those things than any other thing. Come on, what a beautiful and powerful God we have. He's powerful and mighty, but he's not far away from us. He's so close. He's so close to you and I. And he's so close that he left his son to die for you and I. He brought his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. He left his word, a Bible with principles and stories in order for us to recognize that he is the one true God. Come on, there's nothing that compares to our God. There's nothing. It, it, and it's interesting because whenever we step outside and follow our gods, and, and when we step our outside and we just follow our own set of principles and morals, we immediately feel it. Just take a step outside and you immediately feel it. You immediately feel, it's like, ah, this hurt my soul. Maybe you felt good in the moment. Maybe going crazy, doing whatever it is, right, that you do, placing other God, whatever. You immediately feel it. That night you're just thinking, ah. In the morning, you're looking at your bank account like, man, I didn't have money and I spent all of that. <laughs> you feel it. And, and God doesn't bring shame, guilt, condemnation. That's not what I'm talking about. The, the guilt, shame, condemnation, we feel it ourselves. We step out and, and we feel it. God doesn't bring that. that. That doesn't come from God because he loves you. He cares for you. I've seen it in my life. Whenever I've stepped out and started following my own plans, my own ideas, I feel it. I feel it. I feel like, man, I'm, 
I'm going my own way. Why am I doing this? And I thank God for his grace because I can feel it and be like, okay, I need to go back. I need to surrender this. I need to surrender that. Just feel the consequences of it, maybe immediately or throughout the time. And it's interesting because all of those negative things, they don't come from God. You know, I love my kids with my whole heart, mind, and soul. And if they ever were to say, let's just think for the sake of illustration, if today they were to say, hey, you know what, Dad? I'm going to go follow my own thing. Six years old, one year old, and baby. You know, they have their strollers, and Sophia's like, I'm going to go out, you know, follow my own thing. They'd be like, okay, you know, go do your thing, you know. She would go out. <laughs> she would go out. And I wouldn't bring shame, guilt, condemnation on her. But I know immediately as she would step outside of my house, she would feel. She would feel it. She would feel I'm not covered. She would feel I'm not protected. She would feel I'm not provided for. She would feel I'm out. Where am I going? What am I doing? What's, where, where am I going to head? Where am I going to sleep tonight? What, like, what, what's going to happen in tomorrow and the next day and in a year, two years? And that's how you and I live our lives. What do I do here? And what's the next step? And what's the next thing? And what's this, that, that, that? And we live burden. And can I encourage you? Could it be that maybe you have stepped outside of who God is in your life? And I'm not talking to non-believers. I'm talking to all of us. Because we do it. We make our own plans. We make our own gods. We make our own strategies and ideas. And, and we step out. The beauty about this, right, is that Whenever my daughter would come back, hypothetically, you know, I wouldn't be like, well, there you go, you know, I told you, you know, I love you. I wouldn't bring condemnation, guilt, shame. Just embrace her. Now you're covered. Now you're protected. Now you have a place to sleep. Now you're provided for. And that's how God is for you and I. His grace is always there. His love is all sufficient. His mercies are brand new every morning. What would happen if we would surrender ourselves every single morning? If we would just every single day commit afresh, every single day, God, I'm yours. God, you are my, you are my one true God. You lead me. You guide me. How do I do my life? How do I do my marriage? How do I do my relationship, my parenting, my business, my career? How do I do it, God? You lead me. You guide me because I want for you to be my one and true God. And my prayer today is that I could literally just destroy whatever gods you and I have created. That we could go today and say, you know what, I'm going to bring down some altars that I have built in my life. I'm going to kick down some idols in my heart. I'm going to literally take away so many of the gods I've created in my life. I'm going to push them away and I'm going to say, God, you are my one and only true God. There is no good substitute for our God. Where are you placing your trust? Where are you placing your admiration? What or who are you worshiping? What is bringing you security and confidence? What are those things? Could we move those away and say, God, you be the one and only true God in my life. You know, this morning, I just want to, I just want to, lead you real quickly into this story. And I'm just going to like go over it because it's really long, but pretty much it's whenever the, the Israelites became slaves to Egypt and they were slaves for 430 years, 430 years of slavery, 430 years bound in pain and suffering, no freedom. And through that, they cry out to God and they say, God, the one true God, because they've placed other idols in their lives, other gods in their lives. They've done that. They've 
try to find substitutes gods. And you see this throughout the whole Bible, you know, that you know, they would worship the one true God and God would bless them, prosper them. And then I don't know where they started worshiping other gods, other idols. And then God would be like, okay, do your thing. They would go into just a mess. They would cry back to God. And it was this, it's this pattern, right? And so in this moment here, they cry out to God, save us, deliver us from the Egyptians, and God calls Moses to deliver them uh, from, from slavery, and, and many of you know the story. If you don't, again, it's a powerful story. It's a whole lot trying to condense it, you know, but pretty much God calls Moses, and through a lot of crazy sets of signs and wonders, Moses delivers Israel from the slavery of Egypt. Literally, the Israelites saw God doing crazy, I mean, just blood, turning river into blood, you know, frogs and hail, just a whole lot of crazy things. They saw the one true God bringing his hand down and literally changing things. They saw the one true God. They're like, God, we love you, worship you. They're heading out of Egypt, you know, around 2 million people, uh, approximately, some scholars said. And, and as they're leaving, they go into the Red Sea. And in the Red Sea, once again, oh, God, what are we going to do? You, we should have died in Egypt, you know. And they start wishing to go back. And then out of nowhere, God says, like, go. The Red Sea opens. And, and they're looking literally at the one true God moving, intervening, doing crazy things. I mean, opening a river like in half, and they walked through that. Not only that, but then they saw the, the, the river closing down on the Egyptians, and, and it, you know, killed all of their enemies, including the Pharaoh. Like, they saw God move. They saw God doing crazy things with their own eyes. The one true God, they saw him. Two months later, as they're walking, you know, they, 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 they go hungry, and they're like, God, we should have died, you know, like you and I, when we get hungry, you know, and we should have been slaves, and we at least had food there, and start complaining, and God again comes with his mighty hand and provides for them, and three months later, it's water, and same thing, they start, ah, and they constantly look at God moving his hand in crazy miraculous ways. And yet, they would go back to their own gods, their own ways. And it's just crazy to see how we can do that so often. We can do that so often in our lives. And I love, you know, the story Moses goes to, to the Mount Sinai and he's talking to God, talking about Ten Commandments, rule, all, the, all of these things, how to lead and and as Moses is doing that face-to-face, -face, Israel is listening to God. They're looking at this mountain covered in cloud. Like, they're looking at the one true God. And out of nowhere, they goes, hey, Moses is taking a while. Let's, let's make our own God. Let's make our own God. They grab, you know, a lot of gold and stuff. They put it, they formed, and they formed a golden calf. In the middle of literally the mountain, just full, covered by the glory of God. In the middle of them seeing how God delivered them once and once again, there they go, like you and I. We make our own golden calf. We put our most precious things and we form our God. And I love what Moses does when he comes down. Exodus 32, uh, going to be the slide pretty much. I'm going to just run through this. You know, they, 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 I'm going to start in verse 2. You know, they take the gold earrings, they create... The, the, the golden calf, you know, in verse 19, verse 19, next slide, says, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people have made and burned it in fire when the ground, and then he ground it into powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Made the Israelites drink it. And I just love Moses here, right? Because he goes into this crazy anger and he sees this God the Israelites have created. He takes it down, he makes it powder, puts it into water, says, Everyone's gonna drink it. And I got inspired with that today because I'm like, we need to do that with our gods. Destroy them, ground it, and drink it. Why drink it? 
It's like such a weird thing. Why would he make them drink it? Because they had this moment, right? And, and I believe they, they all drank it and they were all ashamed and like, man, they, it was a crazy moment. Just hours later, their metabolism started to work. And the God that they were worshiping, the God that they substituted with a, the one true God, hours later, uh, metabolism started working. And then they went and they did number two. And then they were like, man, that's shiny. I don't know, right? I believe Moses was like, that's your God. That is the God that you have created. That is the God that you have made out of success, out of dating, out of business, out of money. That is the God. It's worth nothing. It's worth less than nothing. It's nasty. It's, what is that? What does that compare when you have seen God providing, moving, changing your legacy, changing your, your, your hereditary curses? What is that? It's all wasted. It's all nothing. Come on, there's no substitute God. This morning, could you take your gods and put them where they belong? Put those gods where they belong. They don't belong in the place of your one true God. Come on, can I encourage you today to place your eyes, your focus, your trust in the one true God. Three things as we close. Three things. Three things. And I'm going to ask Corey to come help us close. Number one, place your eyes on God. Place your eyes on God. When life comes around with other gods come and they try to distract you, can you just place your eyes on God? Say, I'm not going to be sidetracked. I'm not going to be distracted. God has been way too good for me, for me to give up today. Can you look at his principles? Can you look at his promises, at his blessings and say, I'm not going to get sidetracked. He is my God, the one true God. Number two. Can you place your trust on God? Can you just place your eyes? Can you place your trust? You say, God, I'm going to trust you. We're talking about finances in this series, right? And, and, and can you place your trust on God? What is trusting on God financially? Tithe. Tithing is not for us. Tithing is for you. Tithing is for you. I love how God says, just test me in this. How do you trust God? By being generous. How do you trust God? By being debt free. I'm going to trust you, God, that I have what I have when I need to have it. I don't need to get in debt. I'm trusting in you that what I have today is what you want me to have today. How do you trust God financially? By stewarding. Stewarding what God has given you, budgeting and, and telling your money where to go and, and doing all of that and Today, I want to give you one more way, one more principle in finance of saving. Saving. Talking about principles that we have learned through uh, financial peace, Dave Ramsey. You first want to get out of debt, then you want to, you know, budget through all of that, but then you want to save. How much do you have to save? You want to have a goal, not only the $1,000 of the emergency fund, that's one thing, but the next thing is save from three to six months of savings. That's your goal. Get out of debt, budget, and have three to six months of savings. Then after that, we'll go into investing. But come on, place your trust in God. Place your trust in God. Your finances, your relationships, everything. And last one, place your convictions on God. Place your convictions on God. We create our own set of convictions. That's us creating our own set of morals, own set of principles. That's us creating our own gods. Can I invite you today to go to God and say, God, what convictions do I need to have in my life? And I'm not talking about convenience. Convenience and convictions, they don't go together. Placing convictions is really inconvenient. But they're going to keep you safe. They're going to protect you for you to go into the destiny and the purpose that God has for you. 
for you to establish the legacy that God wants for you to establish. Come on, God is a good God, mighty God, and there's no substitute God. Can we all stand as we close today? Come on, this week, can you place your eyes on God? Can you place your trust on God and your convictions on him to read your word and figure out what is it that God wants for you? Come on, you want this kind of God in your life. You want the God that's not far away, but he's so close to the brokenhearted. He's so near to those who are in desperate need. And if this morning, as we all have our eyes closed, if this morning you're in desperate need of a Savior, you're in desperate need of replacing your gods with the one true God, the Bible says that the only thing we need to do if we're far away from Him, if we've never accepted Him, if we have gotten distracted, the one thing we need to do is say, Jesus, come into my life and save me. I want you and only you. Come on, if that's you this morning, no one's looking. Can you just say this with me and raise your hands up to heaven? God, this morning, I need you. I need a Savior, and I need you, the one true God in my life. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, with their eyes closed, God, I pray for every single person in this room, Lord. We repent this morning. We turn our perspective, our way of thinking. And today we just say that we want you and only you. Nothing else. Nothing else, God. Nothing else in our lives. Just you, Lord. Just you, Lord. Nothing else, Lord. Nothing else. Yes, Lord. Just. Yes, Lord, I pray this morning that you would come and fill up, Lord. Come fill up our hopes, God, our peace, our anxiety, the things that we have placed as God. Can you come and fill us up, Lord? Nothing else will do but you. We want you and need you this morning. Come on, and in Jesus' name, can we all say together, Amen and amen. Come on, can we make some noise this morning for our one true God that he wants the best of the best for you. Hey, family, Thanksgiving Thursday is happening. Join us online. Um, with that said, love you all so much. Hang out in the lobby, grab some coffee, talk to someone. We'll see you guys this week. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you, and we hope you have an amazing day.